If you want to support our podcast financially, please visit patreon.com slash IIMBSB. Also, email us with questions or ideas at ifimaypodcast at gmail.com. In our first episode of the season, we talk about hopes and fears Dan and I have as we anticipate moving in together this fall. We discuss why we're doing a book club segment on Esther Perel's mating in captivity and we dissect a bizarre post from the relationships subreddit welcome to if i may be so bold a podcast about relationships the ones we have with others the one we have with ourselves and given that dan and i are a couple you're going to be hearing about our relationship too i'm dan epstein a recording artist former opera singer and relational coach I'm Justin Waring Crane, a therapist, recovering perfectionist, and karaoke star. this thing um that my friend Eames Eames uh sent to a group chat and it's on the reddit thread relationship advice okay are you ready I'm ready it's called my boyfriend won't stop calling me in quotes Tony pizza the fuck are you ready I'm ready I female 21 and my boyfriend male 21 currently live together this is relevant to us and have been living together for about four months To explain why we are living together at the four-month mark, we started out as roommates, but then started dating. I have to say, my boyfriend has never been good at pet names. Some early ones were Little Stubster and Sour Meat. What? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Do we think he's being like, uh, trying to be weird? Where it's like, these are so (laughs) weird, like that oh good question like i'm not like other people like the things that i would call you are like not like oh, traditional okay. you know kind of like i ironic. would lean yes okay. on that knowing nothing about this weird guy okay one first of all living together at 21 pretty young sure one of my nicknames for him in comparison is little bird Anyway, about two weeks ago, he starts calling me Tony Pizza. This doesn't even make sense. And he he uses it more often than my actual name. He is obsessed. It honestly bothers me that he can't even bother to find a somewhat nice nickname for me. I have had a couple of conversations with him about it, but he says he just can't think of anything better. What do I do? Is this going to become a bigger problem or should I even address it? I hate being Tony Pizza. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. This is coming from somebody who identifies as female. Yeah. Right? Listen, girl, you let me just say right off the bat, you are not Tony Pizza. You clearly don't want to be called Tony Pizza. Mm-hmm. You're fucking not Tony Pizza. This is this is this just I don't like any of this. Yeah. It all just feels really weird to me. Um, what I do feel happy about is that now that we're doing this, I want to do this as a segment. Reddit where we, relationship we, advice thread. We go to Reddit. Yeah. Type it in www. You know. We go <laughs> to which, Reddit. Wait, which browser <laughs> do you think we should use? Chrome. Okay, Chrome. Uh, 
<laughs> what if I was like Safari, obviously? No, Safari's fine. Okay, never mind. Uh, but we go to Reddit relationships and we just uh we take one, we dissect it. Okay. So let me see if I understand the situation. This couple has been together for four months. Mm-hmm. Guy and a they girl. They started as roommates. Started as roommates. Seems like they immediately went into dating. There wasn't like a, we're roommates and now we want to start dating. So we're going to like move into our own places. Mm-hmm. We're just going to like now move in together in the place where we already live. Yeah. Now ostensibly sharing like a room and a bed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We don't know that. Okay. But um, it seems like he's giving her names that are really not cute potentially as an avoidant thing. Right. Don't you think so, they're like not affectionate? I think this guy actually hates her. Oh. Uh because he's not being cute and he clearly knows he's not being cute and I don't think mm-hmm. he wants to be cute because I don't think he wants to be close to this person. Uh, I, so I do think he's giving these weird ass nicknames as a way of mm. distancing sour meat, sour meat. Like what the fuck is that? Like that person actually hates you. I don't think it's like them just trying to be like funny and ironic yeah. because it's like the person, the girl not going to call her Tony pizza. The girly does not find this funny or endearing. Right. It would be one thing if she's like, yeah, it's it's weird, but it's also like pretty funny. And like if there was a thread of like he is seeing me somehow and these nicknames have some even though they're weird, have some literally nothing. It's not like it seems like very random. Yeah, there's it's not coming out of anywhere. And it's like, yeah, it's I, I cringe because I I'm reading into it that this guy is like, aren't I so random? And like mm-hmm. so quirky that it's like, this doesn't even make sense. And like my humor is absurd. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm reading into it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think my advice would be <laughs> to level with this person and act like an adult, you know, even though you're only 21, you're actually more of an adult than this person. I mean, just like brain development wise period. Right. right? Uh, so you can be the adult in the room if that's what you would like to do Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, like, I really don't like these nicknames. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say, I think you are trying to at least be funny Mm -hmm. or, you know, connect over some kind of like silly pet name, but it doesn't feel endearing to me i don't feel cared for in fact i really like don't like being called this and i really want you to stop you know because that's all you really have to say because if he's like his response to that is going to tell you everything you need to know because if he's like you're making a big deal out of nothing yeah break up if he's like (laughs) i was thinking about that one i was thinking about a lot of men and how, how i i probably was when i was younger of like when someone would be offended or like have an emotional response to something like that from me, I would kind of be like, wait, what? Like, I'm just, I'm just me like being weird, you know, like, like it was like surprising to me that like something that was like lighthearted like that would actually have any kind of imprint. Cause it's like, but I, cause I didn't love myself at all. And like, you know, I think it's easy to to sort of deflect 
and be like, well, like I'm, I'm a piece of shit. Like, what does it matter what I do? You know? Uh huh. And it's like that the idea that like something like that actually matters and like that the words that you're choosing to refer to your partner as like actually have importance and meaning. Like there's actually like meaning behind the psychology of why you're doing that. Well, I had no language for that. Sure. So there's, there's different ways that he could respond. If you choose to confront him about this more directly, I don't, did she confront him about this at all yet? Was that in the, yeah, she said, she said, hold on, let me get back. Um, she said, I have had a couple of conversations with him about it. But he says he can't think of anything better. Okay. Well, so first of all, okay, I'm wondering how she's approached those conversations and what her, uh, I'm not saying that this is her fault at all. I'm just wondering how, what she's said. Yeah. If she's point blank been like, I want you to stop and I really don't like this, right? Mm-hmm. Not putting it on her, like this guy's trash clearly. But uh, if he, if he already yeah. was not able to if your request was please stop doing this Mm -hmm. and he's not able to honor that and in fact continues to do the thing that you have said you don't like this person Mm -hmm. does not care about you does not care about your feelings period that feels very clear to me if you want to continue to try to work on this with him which is your choice and say look this is like i'm really i've really had enough of this and you say you can't think of anything better I don't believe you because I think you're a creative, smart, whatever is if this person is creative Mm. and smart, they can absolutely anybody with half of a brain can think of like something Mm. better than sour meat, Tony pizza and stubster. Yeah. I was wondering, did she like stub her toe and he called her little stubster? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter because it's just, (laughs) it's like not a, it's not, it's not cute. It's yeah. not hot. This this guy is showing his ass by doing this because he's showing you that he doesn't actually really care for you. Mm-hmm. There could be a positive outcome if you do decide to say, hey, this is actually like I've asked you to stop and this is and you haven't. So that's actually shows me you don't care. And this is a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm we're done here, mm-hmm. you know. My guess would be that he's like, fine, like you're a fucking bitch anyway. And or like whatever, like you're acting crazy. You don't get me. Like, I don't want this, but you're breaking up with me. So like, I guess we're breaking up. That would be my right. anticip- that would be I what I that. predict. But I also just want to say I'm sorry, because that's a shitty situation to be be in and to be 21 is I'm not saying you're so young, but like it's just hard at that age because yeah you're more mature and smarter than any guy that you're going to interact with. Um, and that leaves you in this position of having to, uh, stand up for yourself more and make the decisions that the other person is not, does not have the capacity or the wherewithal to make. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to end great. No, but I'm sending this person a lot of love and I hope that, um, her boyfriend, uh, dies tragically and painfully little bird. What did he do to earn that nickname? I want to know, like, it sounds like he did something really cute or like, he's cute, like a little bird. Mm. Um, but like my question also is like, did he earn that nickname and what, and if, if he did like how, so that's my cute. Nice.
Okay, so Dan, <laughs> congratulations. Um, you. I haven't lived with anyone since uh, okay. 2014. Didn't ask, but no, that's a good, <laughs> good context. So the last time you lived with a significant other was 2014. That was the end, yeah. So that was, we still had Obama. Yep. Yep. Okay, wrapping up Obama for a while. Wrapping um, up Obama. And I had been living with that person since right before Obama. Wow. No, that's not true. We were together, but uh not we were together when Obama took office in 08. Not and, a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah, we uh we moved in together like shortly thereafter. Okay. So that was your ex. Anna, <laughs> who you might remember from season one, episode 10. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it's been a while since you have lived with a partner. It's been a really long time for me because I never have. Past <laughs> um, life. Huh? Past life. Yeah. We don't count like staying with, with a partner for like, I stayed no, with no. my ex for like two months when I was looking for a place. So it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, we didn't choose to move in together and he right. didn't want me to be there. So. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so what are you excited about? What are you Yeah. What are you dreaming up about this this next chapter? Yeah. Um I'm excited about I'm excited about the fact that you and I uh are very in sync about like wanting to keep balance and to keep like to not merge you know i'm excited for what that can look like where we have like a home base where uh you know we're having these interactions that we wouldn't have otherwise and like we're able to connect um at times when it's not like okay it's this plan thing where you're staying here for this amount you know right it's just different and um, I'm excited to just see what that looks like. And I'm excited for you to be able to like have a comfortable space where you can host people yeah, um, and where I can participate sometimes and not participate other times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that as well. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited for you to be a collaborator with me in like making the space like a, a, a peaceful, like homey thing for us both for you to help. I'm really excited. For I that. said that yeah. I said collaboration. I got panicked for a second that I was like, like that it was a thing where I'm saying you come make this nice for me or something. Uh, you know? Okay. But yeah. I didn't say that. Right. You didn't say that. And that's also not what you're wanting. No. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm also really excited to to come in and do some nesting. You know, make the house feel very very cozy and inviting. Um and I it's just something I love to do. I love I love decorating. I love like rearranging furniture. Um Yeah, and I just I want it to be a space where like people just can relax when they come in, Mm -hmm. you know, friends come over and they just feel like 
it's like an exhale when they walk in the door. Mm. So I'm excited to make that together. And I'm excited to be like, I want to have a rep. <laughs> a rep- a reputation. A reputation. Okay. I want to have a reputation where people are like, oh, we're going over to Dan and Justin's. We're so excited. You know, mm. um, I'm excited to learn more about you, like things mm. that I don't know about you and for you to learn about me things Mm -hmm. you don't know that's like the excitement and the fear too right (laughs) of like what's gonna be unveiled um but i think you know me pretty well Mm -hmm. but there's always things that you know surprise surprise you you know hopefully if there's not then there's there's a problem so yeah and exactly what you said about what are you worried about or what are you kind of Mm. afraid of? Um, I have that same fear of merging. Yeah. Not differentiating, being so glommed onto each other that then romance disappears and we become like these, this is like this blob. Right. Um, (laughs) What's the blob? The blob is us like as one. We're the blob. Not Dan and Justin. It's like, Dan Justin, right. you know, like Benefer or whatever. It's like, yeah, no separation, uh, no tension. Um, yeah. So that is going to be something that we, I think there'll be a lot of trial and error and negotiating and figuring out like what, what works. Yeah. And- I mean, the thing is, is like, it won't, we won't have that sense of, okay, like you're here, but you're, you know, you're going back home because it's Sunday. It's like, I'm here and I am home. This is my home. So we will lose that. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a thing. That's like, that is something. Right. I don't want to take each other for granted. Like that is a scary one. That's a really scary one. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, the thing about being on your own for me was like, it was so uncomfortable, especially at first, because I had never spent time on my own when I first split with my ex and I was like on my own. Uh, and it's, it's something I wouldn't have chosen, but it like it it makes you do a lot of stuff that's really good. Like it makes you think about how you want to spend your time. It makes you kind of like go through shit on your own. Um, and just all you have is yourself. And so this is like, this is the other side of the coin from that. So how do you still have those types of experiences or still connect to yourself and not fall into defining your experience through all mirroring all the time? All right. What are we doing today? Yeah. Yeah. And like sort of relying on someone to reflect back to you how you are in the world how you're moving through the world Ooh, yeah yeah it's pretty open-ended question okay so yeah um if you guys have any advice for us i would love to hear well i think i should before before that oh can okay yeah can i just ask like what do you think is going to be the hardest part the hardest part. What am I anticipating is going to be the hardest part? Yeah. About like in the next couple of years, moving in together and living together yeah. the next couple of years. Um, I think keep. I think it's that. I think it's going to be keeping 
keeping a sense of excitement and mystery mm-hmm. and yeah. remembering to, to date each other and not fall into these patterns yeah. of like, let's just stay home and like, you know, watch TV, which is like, I love to do that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really easy for me to be like, let's just do that. And like, and then it becomes very, uh, habitual that's when we fall into these routines where it's like becomes like very desexualized i think where it's like yeah (laughs) just seeing the other person as like this you know this uh i don't know like source of like stability and comfort um but that but also it's like kind of dehumanizing it's i don't know it's like this person is meeting these needs for me and I forget that they're their own person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah. What are you scared of me doing? Um, I'm scared of you. I think, um, not, uh, not chasing like your own healing in like a really mm. uh, motivated way. Yeah. Where I'm the one who's like, how's that going? And are yeah. you going to go to that therapy or, you know, how are you working on this? Like mm-hmm. I'm scared of that not being driven by you. And mm-hmm. I think that's the scariest thing. Yeah. That's a good answer. Not that we're grading the answers. <laughs> Thank you. I'm scared of this thing you do where you, you're a Virgo rising and that shows up sometimes I think where you have this idealized, romanticized version of how your life should be. And sometimes it can really trigger you. I think when you're looking at that and then you're critiquing how things are actually going. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes, it's hard for me to communicate with you about it because it's not so much about what's really in front of us because we're also dealing with that, like this, this like idea of how you should be and how your life should be. So then it becomes hard to see the relationship for what it is because it's, can you say that a different way? Well, I feel like in those moments when it's happened in the past where, you're sort of in a in an intrusive thought around like oh you know like i've i know like in the past like i really wanted things to be like this and like Mm -hmm. i'm worried they're not like this it's Uh, it's confusing as your partner because it's like i'm interacting with you and i'm interacting with this romanticized uh, idea sure sure you know yeah yeah right and it's kind of like i'm comparing the relationship that we have to this Mm -hmm. fake relationship that is a fantasy. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. well, the relationship that we have is actually better than that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's real and the Mm -hmm. fantasy world doesn't exist. Um, but in my mind, I'm like chasing the fantasy where it's like, everything should be perfect and effortless, spontaneous, Um, yeah 
and it looks a very certain kind of way where it's like, we'll have a kid or get married and, you know, it's going to be like this, like, you know, very aesthetically pleasing, uh, picture of a family that's like been sold (laughs) to me. I mean, you know, it's just like in my mind, it's like, and that's the right way to do things. Yeah. Cause that's what I grew up, you know, hearing Mm-hmm. and being taught. So in my mind, I'm like, Oh no, like what if we move in together and we, we break up, you know, and it doesn't, or it doesn't work out like, Oh no, you know? So then like operating from a place of like, this has to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking like, Oh no, like what if we get married and, or what if we have a kid and then we break up? Like that would be horrible, you know, as if like nobody's mm-hmm. ever recovered from that or yeah. I had an even better life <laughs> because yeah. of that, you know? So I just, yeah, I struggle to remember that there's so many different ways your life can look and there's no formula. And if you get caught up trying to live out the formula, you'll, you will fuck yourself over Mm. big time, big time, baby. Should we move on to talking about um, how we're going to be doing a book club this season? Yeah. So we're kind of looking at this season as, yeah, this is like phase two, right? Season two. Um, We've decided this thing that we're going to like try living together. Um, And so our guests this season will all tie into that process and asking people with expertise or with particular um, stories to sort of process this thing that we're trying to do. Um, And yeah, one of the things we're doing, which we also teased is we, Justin decided this and asked me if I would read Esther Perel's Mating in Captivity with her as a way, as like to have a common language around some of the things we anticipate being challenges and being important. Um, you know, so maybe because it's your thing, why don't you, why don't you um, talk about why this book is a helpful resource, you think? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, if this hasn't been clear during the last episodes or during the previous season, I, I think Esther Perel for me is my favorite celebrity period. Um, she's my favorite therapist. She's my favorite public figure. Um, and that's because her work has completely changed my worldview. And through that, it's changed the way I approach relationships and my life. So, uh, if you know, and that people ask you questions like if you could have lunch with anyone alive or dead, you know, <laughs> it's her for me, that's her, uh, except if I ever were to meet her or talk with her, I just would be stricken. I would be not able to move, um, not able to blink. Uh, so I like fear that I would fear meeting her and also, you know, 
am dying to meet her. Um, so all that to say this book mating in captivity, I read it for the first time in 2017 and I honestly don't remember that much about it uh like it was world shifting (laughs) don't remember a thing but it's weird because it's like those things have become absorbed Mm -hmm. into the way that I think and see the world so it's hard to know what those things from the book were I don't know if I'm making sense I think it would be helpful to uh tease it a little bit because like I feel like right now it's just like a vague Okay. Sort of very like vaguely just like very good thing. So yeah. I can help with that. Okay. Because I did start reading the first chapter. Okay. Um, and we will be starting to read, like to really go in depth and discuss in September. So if you guys are interested in reading this book, it's a, it's amazing. And it might be cool to follow along with us because we won't be talking about it every week, but we will be checking in about these ideas that the book is presenting how they kind of interface with our own life and relationship and how they could be useful or challenging for us. But she presents the book as this thing, you know, the work she does with couples and there being sort of these two extremes of couples where one of the extremes is that um, couples who are more romantic about the idea of having passion and are sort of like, it's not worth it to me to have a relationship where I'm, I'm in this one relationship over time and the like passion and intensity and excitement diminishes and I'm not willing to sacrifice not having passion and like lust and excitement in my life. And then there's the other extreme, which is kind of like, well, yeah, like that's how it is. Like over time, you kind of, ex- it's like important to accept that passion and and excitement and tension does diminish and ultimately you learn that that's not as important as companionship and like building this container together of having a life and like a family potentially so she in the book asked the question is that really true because both sides are agreeing that this passion does diminish over time and she's pos- challenging that and saying Are there actually ways to keep that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, we're choosing this book because we're, we're going to be having a lot more physical closeness in the sense that we're moving in together. Um, But sometimes physical closeness can spell disaster for eroticism and desire because desire needs a space. Desire needs a bridge to cross as a stair so poetically says so if there's no space if there's no separation desire dies because you can't want what's you're smashed up against right Mm. (laughs) you're touching you can't want that person because if you're touching constantly if you're glued together you can't want each other because um you already have each other so she explores in the book how love and and desire are actually at odds with each other but how you can use um that paradox to make your relationship um very alive and passionate so oh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a wild ride
And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Our music is by Nightlight. We self-produce this podcast, so please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps. Thank you.